coming up on Cannabis Weekly. Not everyone's excited about cannabis rescheduling, intriguing developments around the Safe Banking Act, and a closer look at the key players and their unexpected moves in the cannabis landscape. All this and more on Cannabis Weekly. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Cannabis Weekly, the weekly podcast updating on everything to do with the business of cannabis. Please do leave us a review in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Okay, on with the show. Cannabis rescheduling, not enough, say normal. Rescheduling cannabis from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 under federal law is not enough, as it continues to misrepresent the plant's safety relative to other controlled substances, says the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, Normal. Deputy Director of Normal, Paul Armentano, says such a rescheduling does not go far enough. He believes that reclassifying cannabis to Schedule 3 will continue to misrepresent the plant's safety relative to other controlled substances such as anabolic steroids and ketamine, Schedule 3, benzodiazepines, Schedule 4, or even alcohol, which is unscheduled. The move would also be out of step with public opinion on cannabis and would do little to address the alignment of state and federal law on the matter, an issue that's long been preventing the industry from accessing vital banking services or conducting interstate commerce, strict DEA processes for studies, allowing federal tax deduction for the cannabis industry and potentially support efforts for cannabis banking legislation. Chuck Schumer says Safe Banking Act making progress. On Tuesday, as the US Senate returned from its August recess, the majority leader Chuck Schumer reiterated his commitment to advancing the highly anticipated Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, Safe Banking Act. As Business of Cannabis reported in early August, the annual summer break piled further pressure on lawmakers to make meaningful progress on the Safe Banking Act in September ahead of another potential government showdown on October 1st. Some commentators have suggested that if a markup hearing already delayed twice does not take place before the shutdown, the progress of the crucial cannabis bill will be significantly complicated. However, in a floor speech on Tuesday, Schumer said making progress on cannabis was one of the legislative priorities for the coming weeks and months, offering some hope the markup could be scheduled for coming weeks, Marijuana Moment reported. Cannabis companies demanding retail licenses in New York. In a letter to New York's governor, four cannabis companies have highlighted the mess of New York's adult use cannabis program rollout, calling on the state to issue retail licenses. New York recently saw the halt of its cannabis licensing process following the implementation of a temporary injunction on the state's conditional adult use retail dispensary scheme. Judge Bryant halted the process after four service-disabled military veterans filed a lawsuit against the New York State Cannabis Control Board and New York's Office of Cannabis Management. While Judge Bryant initially allowed some exceptions for retail cannabis licenses in the state to go forward, he since rejected exemptions for all 30 retailers that were supposed to open, but has stated that some might be allowed to open on a case-by-case basis. Now, Four cannabis retailers, Cureleaf Holdings, Green Thumb Industries, Acreage Holdings, and Pharmacan have written to New York Governor Kathy Hochul, calling for licenses to be issued in order to accelerate the rollout of the state's industry. 
And we'll be exploring New York's licensing and retail cannabis landscape in more detail at Business of Cannabis New York on November the 3rd. Early bird tickets available until midnight tonight. You can get yours via the link in the show notes. In other news for North America... According to reports from NPR News, Leech Lake Chairman Farron Jackson Sr. has confirmed that the tribe hopes to begin operations by the end of 2023, with the ambition to open three dispensaries. The regulations would allow the sale and consumption of adult-use cannabis for tribe and non-tribe members. Speaking to the publication, Jackson's stated policy direction on the matter had been taken from the elders of Leech Lake as well as military veterans. They've been purchasing hemp oil at Walmart and Target, and they use a little bit of that in their own homes, even before cannabis was legalized on tribal lands. And it has some good medical benefits for them, helping them with their post-traumatic stress or anxiety and things of that nature. The development follows the legalization of adult use of cannabis in Minnesota, which came into effect on the 1st of August 2023 making Minnesota the 23rd state to legalize the recreational use of the plant. California's Department of Cannabis Control has announced it's doubled funding for the Phase 2 round of its local jurisdiction retail access grant program. Consumers in California are currently limited in their access to regulated cannabis, as nearly two-thirds of cities in the state have prohibited the establishment of cannabis retailers. DCC is aiming to address the issue through its second round of funding in its retail grant program, equipping governments with the resources they need to establish licensing programs. The $20 million fund allocated its first phase of grants to 18 cities and counties in June to the tune of $4 million. The second phase is now doubling the award amounts, making $15 million available, and it'll launch in October 23. Grant awards will be given to eligible jurisdictions based on the number of local cannabis retail licenses that they issue. The Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission has voted to halt the issuance of licenses that were awarded on 10th of August 2023, which will no longer be issued on 7th of September as planned. The decision follows a number of lawsuits filed against the state. Alabama Always LLC has initiated legal action against the AMCC, alleging a breach of the Open Meetings Record Act, where the company suggests the commission nominated preferred candidates in private. More recently, medical cannabis company Verano has filed a lawsuit suing the commission for revoking its business license due to application score errors, claiming the commission exceeded its authority. The company wants its license reinstated, asserting that the commission lacks the power to void licenses. In a statement, Chairman Rex Vaughan said, The commission has a singular goal of ensuring that medical cannabis products reach patients in need of them. The commission's action today, while pausing the process, furthers that goal by attempting to avoid additional legal challenges. And now, Europe's headlines. In its latest report on drugs, the UK Home Affairs Committee recommends that the government widens access to cannabis medicines on the NHS, but cites concerns over non-medical use. The new report, published by the Home Affairs Committee on Thursday, August 31st, sets out a number of recommendations for the government on current drug policy. As part of its findings, it expresses concern 
around the lack of NHS access to cannabis-based products for medicinal use, CBPMs, and urges ministers to address this before the end of the next parliament. Earlier this year, the Minister for Health and Secretary Care, Will Quintz MP, outlined the number of private and NHS prescriptions for medical cannabis in England since the legislative change, stating that fewer than five had been issued on the NHS. Cannabis Health can confirm, following an FOI request on August 2023, that there are still fewer than five NHS prescriptions for unlicensed CBPMs. Meanwhile, data from NHS Business Service Authority shows that between November 2018 and November 2022, over 140,000 private prescriptions for CBPMs were dispensed in England. Last week saw the launch of Zurican, Switzerland's second cannabis pilot, said to give over 2,000 Zurich inhabitants legal access to adult-use cannabis. The study, which is being run alongside the University of Zurich, is also the latest to utilize Swiss cannabis software provider Cannavidia's proprietary cannabis dispensary system, which it developed in partnership with the country's Federal Office of Public Health. Coming just days after Switzerland's inaugural pilot project, Weedcare study reached its second phase, Business of Cannabis spoke to Cannavidia's COO and co-founder, Philip Hagenbach to discuss the rapidly evolving Swiss cannabis project and how its software is helping shape the industry's future. He said, We're pleased with the progress of the Basel pilot. It's important to note that any new initiative such as this requires additional support during the preliminary onboarding phase. Despite this, the project has been running smoothly and has surpassed our expectations in many ways. There are several key takeaways from the Swiss pilot study so far. First and foremost is the importance of adopting a pragmatic approach over a politically driven one. It's crucial to focus on getting things done effectively and efficiently. Employers are currently at risk of breaching the Equality Act over their approach to prescription cannabis patients, according to a new report from the Cannabis Industry Council. Entitled... The use of prescription cannabis at work, the report notes that employers must provide reasonable adjustments to accommodate those with disabilities. Yet, this is not typical employer practice towards prescription cannabis patients, who often have chronic pain and disabilities. The CIC report calls on employers to treat prescription cannabis patients like any other medical patients, and to have regard to their legal obligations under the Equality Act 2010 and the Health and Safety at Work Act, 1974. Report authors Mohamed Mwaswe of the Sanskara platform and Guy Coxell of Cedar Future commented, We've heard from many concerned and vulnerable patients who have been harassed and mistreated by their employers simply for taking their prescription medication. We urge businesses to support their employees and implement sensible and proportionate solutions that will improve employee well-being and productivity. LSE-listed Celadon Pharmaceuticals announced that it had signed a new commercial sales contract set to be worth £1.2 million with an unnamed UK pharmaceutical company. Its new supply deal, set to run over three years, is expected to see Celadon make its first shipment of cannabis products in Q4 this year, with both parties having the opportunity to extend for a further two years. This marks the second such supply deal Celadon has signed this year, after announcing in May 
that it had signed its inaugural contract worth at least £3 million over the next three years. Both are now due to see Celadon begin delivering products before the end of the year, and the company says it continues to receive further expressions of interest in the supply of its pharmaceutical-grade cannabis product and is working to convert these into commercial contracts. Israel's largest cannabis companies posted record revenues for the seventh consecutive half-year growth, seeing a further 14% uptick on the previous period. Now, we're going to refer to the currency of NIS, New Israeli Shekels, from now on, as we go through the figures. In its half-year results for the six months to June 30th, 2023, Intercure reported sales of 209 million NIS, including 102 million NIS in the second quarter, representing an annualized run rate of 417 million NIS. And to give you an idea, that's 149 million Canadian dollars. Its profits also improved, seeing gross profits come in at 33% of revenue at 68 million NIS for the first half, while EBITDA for the period came in at 30 million NIS, or 14% of revenues. The company also said it managed to pay off 86 million NIS of loans during the period, and as of June 30th, had cash and financial assets of 116 million NIS and 71 million NIS, respectively. It came just weeks after Israel made some significant changes to its medical cannabis program, which is anticipated to significantly expand the Israeli market. And as always, you can read more about all of this week's top stories at businessofcannabis.com. Business of Cannabis New York at the Williamsburg Hotel on November the 3rd will once again bring together the most influential businesses, financial institutions, and policymakers from across the sector for a packed one-day program, providing best-in-class networking opportunities with key industry figures, sought-after insights, and a trusted knowledge hub for the New York cannabis industry. Get your tickets today and join us on November the 3rd. And after a hugely successful event in London, Earlier this year, tickets are now on sale for Cannabis Europa 2024. Next year is going to be the 10th installment of Europe's premier B2B Cannabis Conference and Expo. Tickets on sale now. You can find the link in the show notes. Also, sponsorship applications for Business of Cannabis New York now open. Again, find the link in the show notes. Well, that's it for another week of the Cannabis Weekly Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have, please do let us know by way of a review in your favorite podcast app. You can leave sentences now of opinions on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do leave us your feedback. We'd love to know how we can improve the show for you. 